This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 12th, 2023. Easter eggs, foolish and wise. Good morning, Connection Church. Isn't this just a glorious day to be part of God's kingdom? Man, what a beautiful day. There at home, good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with you. All right, so this is the third week of our series, Easter Eggs. Uh, if you've been here before, you've heard this, but we'll go over it again. Easter Eggs are these little, like, secrets, tricks, little hidden jokes, hidden information in media such as uh, TV series, movies, video games, websites, and the like. They're usually uh, well hidden, maybe even a little hard to spot. You got to really be on the lookout. And they might reveal a, a, a detail, a clue about the story, or pick up something from a previous story that's connected with this one. They may simply be paying homage to a, 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 some, a creator of stuff like that, or it might pay homage to the, um, to the guy who wrote, wrote the thing that you're looking at. You know, it's, I'll give you an example. In the movie Spider-Man, uh, No Way Home, there's a scene with a cab and the number on the cab is 1228. Well, that's the birthday of Stan Lee, who is the co-creator of Spider-Man, you see, uh, August the tw- or December 28th there. So, um, now for our purposes this morning and through this series, our Easter eggs are given to us by Jesus. Now, he didn't call them Easter eggs, but we're, we're calling them that. They're these little hidden spiritual insights, often hidden in parables, but not always, uh, and, and it's up to us to kind of uncover these gems to find them and, and, and find out what they mean. Today, our Easter egg is called Foolish and Wise. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is an honor and privilege to be here with you this morning. Let's go ahead and open with prayer. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It is no accident that any one of us are here or online. Help us, Lord, um, really remove any distraction, any thoughts that might carry our minds somewhere else except on your word found in scripture. Teach us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, we pray. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. So our scripture today is found in Matthew 25th chapter. Here's the beginning of it, verses 1 through 5. This is the New International Version. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And so, in the book of Matthew, toward the end, um, 
chapter 24, it says, signs of the end of the age, and Jesus begins to do a lot of teaching. In chapter 24 and 25, there's a lot of red-letter words, which is the words of Jesus. So once again, we find Jesus offering us a parable. A parable is a simple story that shares a greater or a deeper truth. And so this parable begins at that time, at that time. And it is referring to what is being shared in the previous chapter, chapter 24 of Matthew. That chapter is talking about that day in the future when Jesus returns. It talked about how the day and the hour is known only to the Father in heaven, and not even the angels know. It talked about how two men would be in a field, and one would be taken, and the other would be left behind. It tells the reader to keep watch. Keep watch, because we do not know what day or when the Lord will come. It said that we must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when we do not expect him. Mm -hmm. And so we're on chapter 24, and then we turn the page. And we turn the page, and the next, uh, the next uh, chapter, 25, begins at that time. At that time. At that time when Jesus returns. The kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom, will be like this. And it goes on to offer a parable of what things will be like in the kingdom of heaven on that day that Jesus returns. It goes on to describe it. It'll be like ten virgins who took lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. So you got to go, what in the world are they talking about here, a bridegroom? Well, it's about a wedding. A wedding taking place in a part of the world where weddings look a lot different than weddings do here. And they continue to look different even today. I remember we were on a trip in India. It was nighttime, and we were out on the street there. And right there in the street was a guy, must have been the groom. He's riding a horse. It was like a big white. A big honking horse. Remember Pat and John? I mean, say big honking horse. That just sounds good. You don't have to remember that, but okay, that's not really an important thing here. But I mean, he was dressed in this. Oh man, this fancy outfit. He he was looking good, you know. He was looking very good, surrounded by all his attendants, and, and and it was this big entourage of friends, and it was this big party. <coughs> Excuse me, My, big celebration involving many people, along with the bride and groom at the center of everything. And, you know, that reminded me at the time of this story in Scripture that we're talking about this morning. Well, in Palestine, when there was a wedding, it was like a week of festivities, not just a day or two like we have now. Well, actually, as a mother who's planned three and a half weddings, it is more than just a day. But anyway. Would, would you call those festivities? Yes, festivities. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> so it's more than just a day. So at the beginning of the festivities and a very fun part of the festivities was the arrival of the groom. 
Now here's the thing. Back at this time that we're referring to in Palestine, this seems very weird to me, but it was never known exactly when the groom would arrive. So this is where this comes from. And part of the fun was, <laughs> was catching the bridal party napping. I just don't see what fun that is. But boom, here I am to surprise them. There's no telling when he might come. Doesn't this sound goofy? I think it sounds great, but... Anyway, the importance, so they would have lamps, this refers to as lamps. The importance of lamps was no one was allowed on the streets after dark without a lighted lamp. You know, if you want everything planned to the second, this probably isn't for you. Yeah, It's probably, probably not for you, yeah. So, so, so we're, here we have the ten virgins, the bridesmaids, five are foolish, five are wise. The foolish ones were considered foolish because they had their lamps, but they didn't have any extra oil. See, the only oil they had was what was already in the lamp, and there was no telling how long they would need the lamp lit. It, 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 would, it would be like us you know, having your cell phone with you, and you'd have an extended period of time with no plug-in, no extra backup battery or nothing, you know? It's kind of, it would be like that. When, when it runs out, it runs out. Same with the lamps. They were ill-prepared for an extended time of waiting, which was going to happen because you never knew when this, this groom was going to show up. Uh, very likely to have an extended period of waiting. The wise ones, on the other hand, were well-prepared. They took jars of oil with their lamps, well-prepared for however long uh, it was going to take for the groom to arrive. It was like having a backup battery with you for your phone, you know? You're ready. You're ready no matter how long. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, so, so long all the bridesmaids, foolish and wise both, ended up falling asleep. They got drowsy and fell asleep waiting. And so what does all this mean? <laughs> a lot of story, here's the meaning. <laughs> yeah, why is Jesus painting the story of a wedding? Well, remember, a parable is a story that reveals a deeper truth. And so what Jesus is, is teaching is that the bridegroom is Jesus himself. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming back. And just like the bridegroom's arrival, we don't know when. And it could be any time. Now, some say that it could be really close. Anyway, the question is, in this parable and to us today, are we ready? Are we ready? Are we prepared? Are we prepared for Jesus' return? Is our heart ready? Have we invited Jesus into our lives, into our hearts? Have we given ourselves to Jesus? Is he our Lord and Savior? Or is he just a great teacher or prophet or man of God like Isaiah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Elijah or Elisha? I don't know. Are we ready for when he's coming back? Because he is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And to be ready means being born again, 
to have that second birth, our first physical birth when we come into this world, but the second birth is accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, accepting that he went the distance, that he died for us, gave his very life, and that he resurrected so that we could be with him now and forever in eternity. And it's a life that he offered. He offered that relationship to us without price. Nothing we can do to get it except to say thank you and yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm. Scripture continues, Matthew 25, 6 through 9, New International Version. At midnight, the cry rang out, here comes the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, they're there may not be enough for both of us, both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. So the custom was to send someone up ahead. So when the time finally came that the bridegroom was going to come, there would be warning. Hey, it's happening. The bridegroom is coming. And so what we have here, that's, that's what this scripture is referring to. All the virgins woke up, they trimmed their lamps, which means they regulated the flame. And, you know, not everybody had enough oil. Remember, they were waiting. And so the foolish version's like, hey, give me some of your oil, give me some of your oil. It's like, well, I need it. I mean, this sounds selfish, but they needed it for themselves. They weren't really being selfish, they were just being prudent. The foolish virgins have been foolish. Foolish and not being prepared for what they knew was coming. They knew that the bridegroom was coming. And so now that foolishness was taking its toll. This is kind of a harsh scripture. But Jesus is doing such important teaching for us here today. So now they're going to have to go out there last minute, try to find the oil themselves at the risk of missing out on everything, missing out on the festivities. In an article entitled, What is the Meaning of the Parable of the Ten Virgins? <laughs> Makes sense. From GodQuestions.org, we're told that the five virgins who are prepared with extra oil are the truly born again. Those who uh, are looking with eagerness to the second coming of, of Christ, they, they, they have been faithful servants and, and have, have determined that whatever happens, whatever the circumstances, when Jesus returns, they will be looking for him with eagerness. The oil they carry represents righteous living and obedience. This article also says that the five virgins without oil represent false believers who are part of the Christian community, gulp, but have not been born again, that don't believe that Jesus is really their savior. They're more concerned about like the party or being a part of the group than longing to see Jesus, the bridegroom. And so they're hoping that their association 
with true believers that borrowing the oil from someone who might have some would get them there in the end. That's what this article is referring to. I think it's an interesting perspective. And so the oil comes with being spiritually prepared, being ready. We cannot get our salvation from someone else. I can't borrow or say, give me your salvation. It's a personal thing. It's a one-on-one thing. We have to one-on-one connect with our Savior and have that vertical relationship. And it's through that personal relationship that we're ready, that we're ready when Jesus comes. Parable continues, Matthew 25, 10 through 13. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. And so those virgins who were foolish were out buying their oil when the bridegroom arrived. Those who were wise had come prepared, who had extra oil with them, who were ready. Well, they went into the, they went into the wedding banquet. They went into the party as planned. And once in, the door was shut. The others, those that had to go out to purchase oil and then return after the door was closed, well, they were out of luck. Once the door was closed, that was it. No second chance. No other opportunity. No second opening of the door. Once it was closed, it was closed. So this is a hard scripture to preach because it tells a truth that we don't really want to hear. You can't just be a good person. You just can't be a do-gooder and all that. You have to believe in Jesus and be ready in order to live with God in eternity. That's what the scripture says. And we, be, we spend time in the eternity with God when we believe in his son, Jesus Christ, that he's our Lord and Savior. The deal is, is that the bridegroom is on his way. He is coming. We don't know when, but he is coming. And so our question again is, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you wise? You know, we have the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. Do you have extra oil in your lamp? Are you spending time with the Lord? Are you talking to God in prayer? Are you spending time reading about God and talking to God? Are you engaged in a Bible study? Are you prepared? Or... Like the other five, they were foolish. I hate the, that thought. 
but we need to have the oil in our lamps ready. It is hard to imagine life as a result of not being prepared. It's so hard. That eternity of separation from God. But that's what this parable speaks about. So we are not the authors of our own salvation. Jesus and Jesus alone who offers us forgiveness, frees us from the shackles of sin, who can open the path to eternity. Etern Have you ever thought about how long eternity is? Picture this, you have a bird. And this bird, this is going to be a long-living bird because this bird comes and picks up one grain of sand off the east coast of the United States, flies over to Europe. That's every thousand years he does that, one grain every thousand years. When he picks up the last grain and carries it over to Europe and drops it off, that's just like a second of eternity. Eternity's a long time, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's a long, long time, and it's Jesus and Jesus alone who through his blood on the cross, who through his sacrifice, who through his gift of grace offers us that eternity. Eternity with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And only, only, only through the blood of Jesus Christ can that be had. Did everybody get a handout when you came in? If you didn't, put your hand up, please. Um, yeah. Ushers, could you please make sure that everybody has one because I'm going to be talking about this. Put your hand up so you can have one. Oop. There's a bunch up here, Kathy. Diane, Ted, Diane over here on your, yep. And, we, and Kathy, Bob. we've got, or Debbie over here. Great. This is for you to follow along. We don't but want anybody to say I didn't we, get one. Yeah. <laughs> but also for you to keep. So on Wednesday night, a few of us, uh, Candy, Nancy, and I, went to uh, a training to be a part of a prayer team for Franklin Graham's God Loves You Tidewater Tour that's going to take place on May 2nd. I don't know. It's in your Friday update. And it's going to take place at the fairground in Elkton. It's, it's not a crusade because crusades happen over, you know, several days. So this is like a one big boom on in the fairgrounds but we learned or we were reminded of how to pray with someone to accept Christ because you know Franklin will be given this call to salvation and we pray that thousands of people will come forward and there has to be people ready to receive and pray with them and so if you're interested in this um check your Friday update because the information is there if you want to be a part of the team you do need training but you're thinking, well, I don't know how to receive, like, talk to somebody about this. Or maybe this is me. Maybe I haven't completely received Christ. So 
the first thing is to recognize that everybody has a purpose and plan that God give, puts in your life. You know, we have our own ideas, but God planned you and purposed you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God wants you with him. But next, we have to realize that we have a problem. We have this sin nature that keeps getting in the way. And that causes some separation from God. We use this scripture a lot. All have fallen and all fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. But for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what do we do? Well, we respond to that. And Franklin, the Billy Graham calls it God's remedy, which is the cross. The cross. God sent his son Jesus to bridge the gap, to be a bridge to us. I really love this uh, picture on here where it's, you know, people on one side, that's us, and God on the other, and we can just walk across that other thing, is it in a way? We can, we can have access to God through Jesus Christ. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5, 8. And then we simply receive. We receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. We go ahead and take that step. Make those, you know, just walk toward God as we prayerfully ask Jesus into our lives. The Bible says in John 1, 12, yet to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, didn't we just sing, I speak Jesus? That's what this is about. We speak Jesus. We call on his name. He gave the right to become children of God. You are a child of God. We sang that too. And that song actually was not planned until Thursday night, and we had already had this planned. How about that? God wants you to be with him in eternity. Are our lamps lit? Are they ready? Are we ready to take that step? If you've already done that, that's, that's awesome. You can use this as a tool. It's, that's as easy as it is. I mean, it's really simple to talk to somebody. So Alan's going to lead us through a prayer. For how to receive Christ, it's four steps, basically. Admit you're a sinner and you're in need. Be willing to turn from your sin and ask God to forgive you. That's what repentance is, literally turning. Third, believe Jesus died for you on the cross, rose from the grave. And fourth, through prayer, invite Jesus to come in and control your life through the Holy Spirit. Receive him as Lord and Savior. And basically, we're going to put these four steps into a prayer. I'll say the prayer, and I'm inviting you to say it with me. Uh, if you'd like to make that commitment, either for the first time or maybe the recommitment for whatever time, to commit or recommit your life to Jesus Christ. That's really pretty simple. So let's pray. Let's pray. 
And, and you can say it with me as, as we're saying it. Say it out loud with me if you'd like. Let's pray. Dear, Dear Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus, I know, know I am, am a sinner, sinner and, and I, I ask for your forgiveness. forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from, from the dead. I turn from running my own life and, and now I ask you to run it. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time today, happy birthday. Happy birthday. And Alan and I would like to speak with you, so we'll be right down in front afterwards. Or Lynn and Rocker in the back. You can go talk to them about the prayer. You may not initially feel like, oh my gosh, but if you said that with your whole heart, tomorrow when you're faced with a challenge, or the next day or the next day, you're going to know that you're not alone, that Jesus is with you. You'll know. You'll know. And the thing is, Jesus is coming. We don't know when, but we do know he's coming. And our Easter egg is this parable that we've uncovered. It's not something that we preach often, but it's something that we need to share with you because it's important to be prepared. It has eternal consequences. It has eternal consequences. This scripture about those who were left behind is just heartbreaking. And let that not be any one of us. I can only imagine what it is like to worship our Lord and Savior 24-7. You know how when we're together worshiping and you just, it's like, oh, it almost takes our breath away? It can like be for always. And the things of this world will fade away and there's no more hurt and there's no more heartache and there's no more sickness and there's no more death and there's no more mourning. But it's just being in the glory of Jesus. That's the good news. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I can only imagine what it would be like to stand in your presence. Will I dance? Will I fall on my face? Will I just not even have any words to say? I don't know, Lord, but I just know it's good. And it's also good right here that we can be in your presence in our lives here on earth. Lord, you are so good to us. You carry us through the mountaintops and through the darkest times and all times in between. Thank you, Lord, for your grace that is undeserved but is unconditional, for your mercy. For your love. It's in your name that we pray all of this.
Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Thank you.